This is the Buck Sexton Show, where the mission is to decode what really matters with actionable intelligence. Make no mistake. America. Great. You're a great American. Again. The Buck Sexton Show begins. Activate. Former CIA analyst. Former member of the NYPD. Buck Sexton. It is Buck Sexton. Now. Hello, Buck friends. Buck is not here. It's a Friday night. It's a freestyle Friday. The Godfather in for my friend Buck Sexton. I, you know, I listened to that introduction and it is daunting, daunting. I was feeling pretty good. I'm like, yeah, look, you've been doing radio for 30 years. You can just prep and, and walk in and sit in Buck's chair and turn on that microphone and be ready to go. And then I listened to that intro and I'm like, I have no business being here. Buck has more bona fides in his little finger than I have in my entire career. But I'll try and get through and maybe he'll they help only me out. execute failure. There we go. Yeah, I, I recognize that voice too. I, I know I have more credibility than that guy. But uh, we, we've got a lot to do. Got a full plate tonight on a Friday night. And I hope you will be part of the conversation. I have serious things to talk about. And I have a ridiculously silly topic that is haunting me, haunting me all week. Um, I'm, I'm focused on TV. I watch TV, but primarily news and maybe the occasional procedural drama. And I love cop shows. I'm addicted to that live PD show, which is fortunately on after this show. And uh, there's another show called Cold Justice that's just phenomenal. But I'm addicted to TV and, of course, Jeopardy. But when I go in to see what's going on in TV, because as kids, we used to say, what are the new shows in the fall? They always came on when school started. I'm looking and uh, there's there's a bunch of old stuff that they're relaunching on television uh, Will and Grace came back last year. Roseanne came back and then shot herself in the foot, and they're still going to try and keep it alive. It won't last past, I, I bet you, the fall. Uh, Murphy Brown is coming back with Candace Bergen and some of the other people. All I know is the best character on the show, Eldon, died. The guy that played the, the guy that was rebuilding or redoing her apartment or her, her, her mansion. Magnum P.I. is coming back. And a couple of years ago, uh, CBS brought back a sort of reimagined version of Hawaii Five-0. But there will never be anything like the original Hawaii Five-0 with the original Steve McGarrett. So um, I am, I am uh, interested in your take on reboots and TV reboots. And is there a show we should bring back? Because... Look at that. Will and Grace, Roseanne, Murphy Brown, Designing Women, Magnum P.I., Hawaii Five-0. Uh, are there no new ideas? Are we devoid of, of new ideas? Has have we? I, I guess we've run out of housewives shows or, or Big Brother-ish type things or Survivor things. And God bless those people for making a living in a dog-eat-dog business like television because it is virtually... Uh, a soul-crushing machine. I know I spent time in it. So uh, I'd like to hear from you. You know the number, 844-900-BUCK, 844-900-2825. You're welcome to chime in at any time. 
and uh, we'll have a conversation. There, There is serious, serious news, though, that we must deal with. I got the, uh, I got the news that Omarosa Manigault Newman has 200 recordings. Uh, wrap your head around that for a minute. Omarosa is claiming she has 200 recordings, and we've only heard three of them. One where she was getting fired, one where she was offered a job, and one that it's all just so boring. It's boring, but we're, we're going to have to endure it. On other radio shows where I appear, there are Omarosa blocks. We're not allowed to speak that name. And I will tell you this, in 2003, when she first came onto the scene in The Apprentice years ago, 15 years, 15 years she's been in our lives. She was such an iconic bee. I'm not going to use the word that rhymes with rich, but she was such an iconic bee that I was in an all-bomb pants store on the corner of, I think it was 31st Street and 2nd Avenue in Manhattan, waiting for a bus out of town to go to the Hamptons for the weekend. And I had my sandwich in my hand and my lemonade, and the woman behind the counter was giving me such a hard time. She was impossible, really making life difficult. So when she handed me my bag and my change, I said, thanks, Omarosa. And she chased me out that store. So I've had a 15-year relationship with this name and this creature. Now, before the show, we were talking about Omarosa. And there is a, a group of us who believe that Donald Trump made his bed with Omarosa. And uh, he knew what he was getting. He really did. And I go back to the campaign trail when Donald Trump was speaking. And over and over again, he gave us the, the poem about the snake. You remember he talked about the old woman who picked up the frozen snake and took it home? And warmed it up and fed it and gave it some love. And then the snake bit her and basically killed her. And at the end of the poem, the snake says, it's, it's your fault, old lady, who saved me because you knew I was a snake before you took me in. So it's kind of that with Omarosa. And as a point of personal opinion, I believe the president would be 10 points higher in the polls if he just wouldn't respond. Let let the rest of the um, mechanism underneath him deal with her. Just don't answer. But uh, over the course of the week, I was trying to have some fun with the Omarosa story. So I took some of the audio and some of her old audio and put it together and delivered uh, a little turn on Omarosa and Donald Trump. Some of you may recognize the kinks Lola as the inspiration for this. That's classic rock for those of you who are millennials. Appreciate you being there. But the classic rock song from the kinks was the inspiration to low life. My name is Omarosa. I'm young. I'm successful. You're entitled to your opinion, but you're not entitled to your own facts. It's a low life. Low life. Low, 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 low life. My name is Omarosa. If the audience didn't want to see Omarosa, they would never book me again. I'm young. I'm successful. It's a low life. Low life. Omarosa. Yeah, Omarosa. Low life. A little bit of comedy gets kicked off here on a Friday night.
Again, Buck's on holiday, taking a Friday, a long weekend, and uh, he's asked me to sit in. My name is Mike Opelka. We will converse here. We will converse online. My Twitter handle, at StuntBrain. Some of the things I want to get into tonight. Donald Trump versus Senator Blumenthal from Connecticut. The guy who got five deferments. I'm not talking about Trump. The guy who got five deferments from the Vietnam War. Yeah, Trump got deferments too. There were a lot of, a lot of privileged kids who didn't want to go to Vietnam. I dodged a bullet. The war ended a year and a half before I would have been draftable. So Trump versus Blumenthal over the Brennan credential and uh, the credential pulling. Blumenthal's gone after Trump, and it's not a good thing. It's ridiculous. And especially now that the president has exposed Blumenthal for when he lied about his service to this country, claiming he was in Vietnam. He wasn't. And um, the Manafort trial, all kinds of stuff going on in the Manafort trial. We will get into that with uh, an attorney friend of ours. We will get into the New Mexico compound. I talked to Buck about this a week ago. Or maybe maybe it was the day after it happened. And he said there's something sinister here. So we will get to that. There's something afoot. London had a stabathon in the last 24 hours. We'll get to that. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez has done something really dumb. And we're ramping up to the midterms. And I have a statistical analysis of midterms and how well or badly sitting presidents have done in midterms. We'll get into that. Plus a Mexican restaurant in trouble for serving tarantula tacos. But the reason why they're in trouble will probably surprise you. It's okay to serve tarantula tacos in Mexico City. Just not these. Mike Opelka in for my friend Buck Sexton. Join the conversation. 844-900-2825. That's 844-900-BUCK. We're going to talk about the Manafort trial just around the corner. Come on back. From the tax-free shores of the Delaware Bay, Mike Opelka sitting in for my friend Buck Sexton tonight. That's right, it's tax-free shopping here. In the very first state in the union. Happy to be here tonight. Filling in for Buck. If you want to join the conversation. 844-900-BUCK. 844-900-2825. If you are not alphanumeric friendly. I'm thrilled to be here. I love this audience. This audience is fun. And you know that Fridays. We do cover the biz. But we also have fun. So. We do a little business, we do a little fun, we try and make it like uh, educational, informative, and entertaining. And yes, uh, we will get to Bernie's, Bernie Sanders' socialist friend, Octavio Cortez, Alexandria Octavio Cortez, if you want to give all of her names in there. She's got a lot of names. Maybe she should split some of those names up and give it to people who only have one name, you know, like Madonna or Sting, or Cher, Octavio Cortez, Alexandria Octavio Cortez, three names. How many names do you need? Anyway, I digress. 
Before we went away, I said there were some uh, things happening in the first of two Paul Manafort trials that are happening. And uh, I can't keep up with all of it. So that's why I have really smart uh, friends like Wendy Patrick, who is an attorney, an author. If you've heard this show with me before, you've heard Wendy joining me. Uh, if you want to know more about what Wendy's up to, wendypatrickphd.com. But let's get to what's going on, Wendy. Uh, crazy Friday in the courtroom? Mike, it has been crazier outside the courtroom than in the courtroom with the amount of speculation as to why this jury hasn't, hasn't come to a verdict yet. Let's think about this. 500 pieces of evidence, all of those witnesses, a week and a half or more in trial, it is not surprising at all that they haven't come to a verdict. Hmm. Even though all we have is artists' renditions of what's been going on in there, there has been an enormous amount of paperwork for them to pour through. They're going to have to understand every one of those documents and what they mean in order to put it all together to prove any one of those 18 counts. Well... They've all been sent home now for the weekend. They don't They don't get to take their homework with them, do they? They don't. And, you know, I, I hope they come back Monday well-rested and well-caffeinated, because I'll tell you, it, what we call paper case, that's what this is, where it's documents speaking for themselves, are very challenging. And it's easy for you and I and the listeners, as smart as all of us are, to listen to some of the way the evidence has been summarized and think, oh, well, it's going to be a slam dunk for the prosecutors. It's not, because when you're back in the jury room, you've got to be able to put all that together in a fashion that makes sense and proves each and every one of those counts. And, Mike, remember all of the ado that was made today about the fact that the jury asked for the reasonable doubt instruction to be defined? Yeah. I tried over 100 cases, and I have to say in the majority of them, that's what the jury asks for, because it is not very user-friendly in many states or in the federal system. And that is one of the things that is first and foremost at the center of any criminal trial is that the jurors understand the burden of proof. So it doesn't mean that the pendulum is swinging to the, to the side of Paul Manafort, and it also doesn't mean that it's swinging on behalf of the prosecutor. It's just one of those questions that any wise jury wants to have defined. Because I was going to ask you about that. I, what's the difference between reasonable doubt and a preponderance of the evidence? Great question, Mike. So preponderance of the evidence is the standard of proof in a civil trial. It's just a slight tip of the scale, 51%. Proof beyond a reasonable doubt is really one of those standards that it's not impossible to meet, but it has to be, and I know you've heard all day long different definitions of it, it has to be this kind of an abiding conviction in the truth of the charge. In other words, the kind of standard that is only reserved for the most serious cases in our justice system. Very, very different than preponderance of the evidence. And when you have a standard that's so high, not insurpassable, and nobody would ever get convicted of anything, but it's one of those standards that a jury wants to make sure they understand completely before they render a verdict. So the fact that they asked for that clarification today only makes them a good jury. Huh. Well, that's comforting to know, because <laughs> yeah, we sure don't is. know anything about them, and CNN sued. I, I believe they did. I believe they sued trying to get the names of the jurors, which means names and addresses. And the judge said no, correct? 
He said no because he'd been threatened, he being the judge. And he felt that he didn't want to subject the jurors to danger. In fact, if he's been threatened, maybe they'd be threatened as well. And it's really not typical during the trial to be releasing that kind of information. I understand high-profile cases are sort of a... In, in, an, in an element of their own, if you will. But most cases, it's only until after the trial is over that jurors themselves, if they so choose, are permitted to speak to whoever wants to talk to them. Usually it's the media. They don't have to. But it is unusual in a case like this to actually have a judge report being threatened during the course of the trial. So maybe it's because of the nature of the allegations. One might assume it's because of the person who's on trial. But in abundance of caution, the judge didn't want to subject any of those jurors to potential danger. Yeah, I think I would prefer not having the media know. But how how do they get them out? Do they put them in an underground tunnel to a van and then take them back to their cars? (laughs) Yeah, only in the movies, Mike. Normally, it's not quite so sexy, but you're right in that they do take precautions and making sure that when they move those jurors, they do it in a fashion that doesn't unduly expose them to the kind of scrutiny that might make them targets of whoever's been threatening the judge. I mean, gosh, I mean, our hearts go out to them. God bless them. They're doing the, their civic duty in a case that is so high profile some of them going into it already worrying that their service in and of itself might expose them to threats. So, again, that makes the jury a good jury that they asked the question they did about reasonable doubt, and it makes the judge a good judge that he's overly concerned for their safety, that he's not willing to take any chances. Yeah, and this guy, what is it, T.S. Ellis, is that his name? Uh, I keep keep wanting to say T.S. Eliot, but, uh, you know, it's too close. (laughs) But He's been a character, you've said, and uh, somebody I've enjoyed reading about him. I'd like to see more out of this guy, and hopefully we will. I've got less than 30 seconds left. Uh, Just if you are going to bet a Coke, how many more days of deliberation do you think it'll take? I think you owe me a couple Cokes by now, Mike, but I'll take that bet. I say that it's going to be within the early part of next week. We're going to either get a verdict or hear that they're having trouble reaching a consensus. Remember, Manafort might live to fight another day if that jury can't reach a verdict. Wendy Patrick, PhD.com is where you find her. She's a brain and a friend of this show and any show I'm on. Thank you, my friend. Have a great weekend. Michael Palka. In for Buck Sexton, join the conversation, 844-900-2825, 844-900-B-U-C-K. He's holding the line for America. Buck Sexton is back. Well, Buck's not back till Monday, but I'll be here. Michael Pelka sitting in for my friend Buck Sexton, a.k.a. Uh, the Godfather. That's what Buck calls me, the Godfather. And it's not for the, the, the mob thing. It's from the old school thing. So I, I happily accept that this audience seems to know me. A lot to cover tonight. We'll get to uh, some economic news. I've watched the stock market in the last couple of days. We had almost 400 points on Thursday, an over 100-point gain today, 110-point gain on the Dow. And uh, I think a lot of this has to do with what appears to be some of President Trump's moves on trade actually working out. For example, China yesterday said, we'd like to come negotiate trade with you. 
instead of just slapping more tariffs on each other. See, I'm, I'm anti-tariff, and we'll get into it with a buddy of mine next hour. About an hour from now, the capitalist pig is going to join us. That That's the name of his website, the capitalist pig, Jonathan Honig. But uh, we're both free traders. We're both people who believe that the markets really need to be free. And if you're truly a person who believes in freedom, tariffs are not the way to go. And I think Donald Trump has been looking at these tariffs as temporary, as a way to nudge China back to the table to negotiate with us. And uh, by putting tariffs on some of those Chinese goods and then putting tariffs on American goods like soybeans, which are big in the state here in Delaware, we have put a hurt on some companies, but I think it's temporary. I think you're going to see China coming around, but not only on tariffs, but also on intellectual property, which is a huge deal for me because I think this country became so great. I hope you're listening, Governor Cuomo. This country became so great because intellectual property was able to be monetized almost from the very beginning of this nation. And China has stolen so much from us. So I, I'm, a, I'm happy as I see the stock market rebounding, China coming back. There's word that Mexico is close to renegotiating. It's NAFTA deal with us. Still no deal with Canada. I think Canada's a lost cause until they get rid of uh, the pretty boy in charge up there. But a, a different topic for another day. A lot, as I said, a lot to get to Oh, where do we go next? Where do we go next? Uh, we dealt briefly with Omarosa. There's more on that because the GOP put out a video that's brilliant. We'll have to cover that. I mentioned earlier a crazy story, and I think, I think we should talk about this story. A restaurant in Mexico City is in hot water because it's selling tarantula tacos. Tarantula tacos. Now, I... I'm adventurous. I like me some, uh, I'm mostly Tex-Mex, not just pure Mexican food. But uh, I, I would go into a, a high-class restaurant, and if they said, hey, we're selling tarantula tacos, I'd want to try it. Would you? Usually a taco in Mexico costs, oh, five, five pesos. Maybe, eh, I'm sorry, um, yeah, five pesos. And uh, the tarantula tacos are 500 pesos. Now, they're, te they're 10 pesos, but the tarantula tacos are 500 pesos. Why? Because this restaurant has decided to use something called the Red Rump Tarantula Taco. They're using the Red Rump Tarantula as the meat in the taco, as the protein. The Red Rump Tarantula is an endangered species in Mexico. I don't know how you get a shortage of tarantulas, especially in Mexico. If you've been there, you know there's a lot of creatures crawling around everywhere. So they're being fined. Now, if you use regular tacos, you're obviously not going to be able to sell them for much. But that brought to mind that discussion and another discussion about rattlesnakes and rattlesnake steak brought to mind the question, what's the weirdest food you've ever consumed? What's the strangest kind of food you have ever consumed? As we get into it tonight, I'd, I'd love to hear from some of you out in the Buck audience. 844-900-BUCK, 844-900-2825. Tell me about it. 
Tell me about the weirdest bit of food that you put in your mouth. I have eaten, I've eaten snake, rattlesnake steak. I've eaten gator, not that exotic. There's a lot of alligator in the world. I've eaten buffalo, uh, not that exotic. Oysters all over the place. But what's the weirdest food you've eaten? I know you're out there. I know there's a lot of hunters in this audience. And I'm sure if, uh, if you've been, have you ever eaten squirrel? I talked with my buddy Creek Stewart, he of Fat Guys in the Woods, and he's also got a survival show on the Weather Channel. And uh, we walked around New York City and tried to see if if the big one happened, if New York City got into the Armageddon situation and you had to survive in New York City, could you do it? And he said, yes, in Central Park, there's enough food, water, vegetation to survive. I said, what would you eat in Central Park? He said, you could eat duck and you could eat squirrel. And I, I said, well, there's a lot of rats here, too. Would you eat a New York City rat? No, no, because when you eat an animal, you eat what it eats was was Creek Stewart's advice. And in the case of New York City, if you ate a rat, you'd be eating whatever was down in the subway. And that's just not healthy. So. All right, we're way off the topic of serious government stuff, but it's Friday. And Buck said, if you want to get into it, if you want to get a little crazy, do it on Friday. So we'll we'll check that out. Now, before the break, I also mentioned Alexandria Octavio-Cortez. Ocasio. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Thank you. Thank you, John. I... I get lost in, in the woman. She has too many names, as I mentioned earlier. She needs to cut off one of those names and share her name with somebody because just too many. She is um, feeling the heat as we have exposed the vacant space in her head, as we've exposed that she just doesn't have any real knowledge that the, uh, the people, I, look, Bronx, Brooklyn, I love you, but... Uh, you made a bad choice. You made a bad choice here. And they're probably going to elect this lady to be in the United States Congress. And they're going to pay her $174,000 a year and give her money to hire her friends to have an office both in the Bronx and in Washington, D.C. And you and I are going to pay for it. And so I, I just don't understand how this is going to happen. Maybe in the remaining, what is it, 79 days until the midterm elections? Maybe Ocasio-Cortez's lack of intelligence will wake people up, uh, even if they elect the guy who was in there before, the Democrat who was fourth in line in the party for Nancy Pelosi's power chair. Even they, if they elect that guy on the Green Party ticket, maybe we can stem the tide of this stupidity. She today has banned reporters from a campaign event. She's having a town hall, but reporters are not welcome because, well, she said the people in the town hall would not feel safe. Yeah. Again, this goes into the mind of the socialist that is now taking over the Democratic Party. Reporters are at least firing back. Thank God. This idiotic woman who says that the, we should be able to take care of everybody. And now listen to her wording. When you realize what she's saying, she's saying the people in her town hall 
would not feel safe. So it's her job to make sure everybody feels safe. This goes back to, I'm sorry, millennials, but some of you are, some of you are not doing the right thing. Some of you are doing the wrong thing when you lean towards this socialism. So Octavio Cortez, the woman who is going to school us on how government needs to do everything for everybody, and I hope to God she becomes the poster child, she and Grandpa Bernie, the billionaires and billionaires are going to elect Octavio Cortez. I know, Ocasio. I keep getting it wrong. I, I, I'm going to spin out here. I got to check in in Indiana, one of my favorite states, the Hoosier State. Jim is on the phone. Jim, how are you, sir? The, the Godfather, man. I miss you on the blaze, especially Saturday morning, 6 a.m., waking up to you. The only reason to wake up. Wow. I, I'm now I'm having a flashback. It's been almost a year since I was there. Has it been uh, that long? Hey, yeah, where are um, you so I can follow you? I, I miss I miss that voice. Well, I, thank you, sir. I'm I'm out there. Um, you can you can find me on uh, iTunes and Stitcher and all that stuff under Pure Opelka. I do okay. regular Same stints. Uh, pardon me. Same that it used to have. Okay, Opelka. O- yeah, Opelka. Pure Opelka. It's it's right there. There's a daily offering. I do uh, regular okay. shows around the country on different stations. Uh, I fill in for Buck. I filled in for uh, a guy, guy named Chris Plant, who's also on, and Joe Pag. So on. I'm kind of like the the uh, platoon player in talk radio. <laughs> so yeah, I'm heard, out there. I heard you cover for Pags one time. That's great. Hey, um, since you yeah. asked the subject, uh, funniest things, I've, weirdest things I've ever eaten. I was in Air Force Survival School. For several weeks in worms, snails, whatever we could find with protein. They just taught us and made us eat it. So that's kind of the weirdest story I have for food. But it, it doesn't bug you. I mean, you, no pun intended, <laughs> worms and snails. Yeah, you can get it down. It'll keep you alive for a couple of days. Did you guys have to, they, I had a buddy who was in Air Force Survival School, and they made them set a snare and catch their own rabbit and then skin it and eat it. Did you have to do that? Well, yeah, we had a rabbit. Actually, they gave us a rabbit. We were setting snares, but they gave us a rabbit. His name was Dinner, and we had this little tent we had made out of made out of poncho. The other guy and I, and he slept with us because it was uh, November, late November. They didn't want the bunny to freeze. So then, this little pet we had for like three days, they made us, you know, do what you said, and then eat it. It was good. See, I, they are delicious, but the minute you name them. I think then yes. you get into some tough territory. Then it becomes, I don't know if I can eat this. So I would resist but it. Was it. Dinner. His name yeah. was dinner. So. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Very good. Jim, Jim, thank you for your service. Thank you for remembering my work at The Blaze. And to anybody listening on The Blaze Radio app this evening, hello, this has got to be weird. Opelka's back on The Blaze. But it's just for tonight. And whenever Buck's out, I'm happy to be here. And having a good time. We, we've got much more to talk about. But thanks, Jim. Appreciate you. And again, thank you for your service. Uh, the number, if you want to join the conversation, 844-900-2825. 844-900-2825. The Ocasio-Cortez woman is not the only person who doesn't understand free speech and the First Amendment and the right of the press and the right to speak freely. A pretty big senator from Connecticut also doesn't get it. We'll talk about that next 
on the Buck Sexton Show. It is the Buck Sexton Show on a Friday night. We're having fun. You can uh, join the conversation. Mike Opelka in for my friend Buck Sexton. And uh, we are, we're talking everything tonight. We got the politics. We have some news. We have some things that outrage me. Yeah, I'm referencing outrage because I get mad at stupidity. It's unnecessary. And I'll get to uh, Senator Dick Blumenthal out of Connecticut in just a second. But I, I, I have to take care of some business and remind you of our great sponsor, the Global Verification Network, the only, only dual certified veteran owned background investigations and vetting company. Go to mygvn.com, mygvn.com, or you can call them 877 695 1179. Now, this is a federally certified group as a veteran-owned small business, a VOSB. They're independently certified also by the National Veteran Business Development Council, and that is the only minority spend certification recognized by the Billion Dollar Roundtable. Headquartered in my hometown of Chicago, offices throughout the nation, Risk mitigation experts, they work with startups all the way to Fortune 100 companies. No data or client information is ever offshored. We're talking tight security, and all employees are located here throughout the United States. So check them out. Global Verification Network, mygvn.com, mygvn.com, or call them, 877 877- Six nine five eleven seventy nine eight seven seven six nine five eleven seventy nine. Thank you, guys. Uh, I I said I got a little business to get to, and I'm tired of stupidity. And so the other night, after the president had rescinded the 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 credentials of John Brennan, a guy who has done some really awful things. I mean, you lied to the Senate. You lied to Congress. You lied to the American people. You you are in the middle of obfuscation all up to your neck. And then you're cashing in by going on MSNBC and CNN and using it just to line your pockets. It's despicable. I know it's been done. And to the members of the media who breathlessly said, no one has ever rescinded these kind of credentials. No one's, it's never been done before. It's precedent setting. Hello, look at your watch. Look who the president is. We elected a disruptor. He is disrupting. Why the hell are you surprised? So they got Dick Blumenthal on there. Senator from Connecticut. A guy who has zero Zero flexibility in his in his opinion when it comes to Donald Trump. Blumenthal, if he were faced with the best news possible, would still find a way if he found out it came from Donald Trump to to smack it in the face. And this was Blumenthal talking about Brennan's credentials being pulled. It is illegal. It's abhorrent to our values and our national interest because we need critics like John Brennan to speak truth to power based on their vast experience. Here's someone who has served both Republican 
and Democratic presidents for decades, but also to use this kind of punishment to chill speech is a violation of the First Amendment. It's whoa, 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 whoa. To use this power is a violation of the First Amendment? Has anyone silenced Brennan? Has anyone told John Brennan he can't speak? No, nobody has. As a matter of fact, you have networks running to Brennan's door and beating a path to his door in hopes to get this guy on their network. They're offering him money. There are publishers lining up to tell Brennan's story. They've got ghostwriters ready to go. So when the left screams about free speech on one day, as Dick Blumenthal did, Senator Dick Blumenthal, and then the next day you see Ocasio-Cortez telling the press they can't come into her town hall, does anybody even wonder how the Dems are counting on some kind of massive midterm victory? How can you be this dysfunctional, this disjointed from the truth, this separated from reality, and still win? Well, we got to get the vote out. More next hour on the Buck Sexton Show. I'm Mike Opelka, the godfather, in for my friend Buck. Come on back. Buck Sexton. Permission. Decoding the news and disseminating information with actionable intelligence. One small thing. Make no mistake. America. Ready. Great. You're a great American. Again. This is the Buck Sexton Show. Activate. Former CIA analyst. Former member of the NYPD. Buck Sexton. It is Buck Sexton. Now. Well, Monday, you'll be back at full buck strength. Mike Opelka, the godfather, in for my friend Buck Sexton on this Friday. We're trying to have some fun, and also deal with some of the news. So uh, hang out with me. Join the conversation. 844-900-BUCK, 844-900-2825 for the numerical portion. You can call in just like uh, like this fella in Florida. Bill checking in. Bill, welcome to the Buck Sexton Show, sir. Hey, bud. I'm going to put a little input with you, Mr. Mike. Uh, you know, well, back years ago in West Virginia, you were talking about what you ate, you know. They, I was about nine years old, and up from that, they used to give us two bullets and a twenty-two rifle until you go out and get something to eat. So, oh, you might have shot a gopher, snake, possum, rabbits, squirrels, who knows. But if you shot it, you better... And then two bullets are gone when you get back to the house. Yeah, you better have at least two one of them animals. One oh, each. So they wanted no efficiency. You couldn't you couldn't miss. It's survival, but you have to do that. I wanted to uh, make a comment also about uh, President Trump, which I think is doing a real good job. I'm with you. you know? Okay, go ahead. The floor is yours, you Bill. Know? What's what's the uh, what's you know the situation with this thing, uh, with all, what he's doing and everything else? It's like there's no dead body laying around here. This is money only, you know. I, I, why if they had a problem, why instead of dismissing the jury over the weekend, they sequestered the jury? I wonder about that. And besides, when this is all over with anyway, you know, uh, Trump could simply pardon him. Probably wouldn't look good. 
you know. No, it, it wouldn't look good. But let's be clear, in the Manafort case, in this one and the next one, which is just queued up waiting to go, there has been no mention in the courtroom of Donald Trump and Russia. All of this deals with Paul Manafort 12 years before he was on the campaign and some shady business dealings he had with some folks in Ukraine. And uh, so there's zero involvement with Donald Trump on this. The way that Donald Trump gets raked over the coals on this is he hired him for a few months as his campaign chairman. So the Manafort trial is about a guy who may or may not have done some shady things with business dealings, may have hidden some funds or not paid taxes. And, And we'll see. This one is bank fraud. The next one is more dealing with the IRS. But it's for my money. I appreciate the way the president is operating on about 90% of his actions. I just think sometimes I wish he wouldn't respond, but that's him. You know, that's who we elected a disruptor. He is going to disrupt. So uh, I'm, I'm kind of happy he's there, Bill. I'm, I, think, I am too. I am yeah. too. You know, finally somebody that's got some common sense in this country can get the bull by the horns here and, a businessman that might turn around, like with this tariff situation and all that stuff, and get everything straightened out to get this place back to profitability. And you know, and you know, very few people are born with common sense because you can't teach it. You can teach everything in college you want, but you can't teach common sense. I think this guy, you know, as far as President Trump goes, is applying what should be done in this country for a switch and he's bold enough to do it and i appreciate it yeah i'm with you thank you bill appreciate you being there on the on the uh phone line and by the way the reason bill brought up weird foods i did a story in the first hour of the show about a restaurant in mexico that is in deep doo-doo because they are serving red rump tarantula tacos and it turns out that the red rump tarantula is an endangered species in Mexico, and you can't sell them. So I started thinking about weird foods I've eaten. And, you know, mine, rattlesnake is probably the most exotic. I've had some some questionable fish from some weird restaurants. But I I don't think I've eaten anything. I've never eaten weasel or squirrel. I wouldn't be opposed to it. But if you want to share your thoughts on, on the politics of the day, as well as uh, the weird food, 844-900-2825, 844-900-2825. And yes, my name is Mike Opelka. And yes, you remember me from the Blaze Radio. It's been almost a year since the Blaze and I split. And uh, I'm out there. You can find my daily offerings on uh, on iTunes at Pure Opelka. So check it out. Uh, let's get into Steve. Steve, kind of hearkening back to something we talked briefly about last hour. Steve, welcome to the Buck Sexton program. Where are you calling from? Um, hi, how you doing? I'm good. You're in Springfield, Mass? Um, yeah, yeah, I'm calling from Springfield, Mass. And, okay. Uh, yeah, I, I heard the thing on the news about the, the, the they wanted to release the names of the jurors, and I can't believe how disgustingly low these people are going and um, but the, but the the other thing I wanted to bring up is when are these Antifa brats going to start getting arrested? Are mommy and daddy college professors or news media or politicians or what, what's up with that? 
Well, let's get into two topics here regarding CNN suing to try and force the court to release the names of the jury members in the Manafort trial. The judge said, no way. You guys can go pound sand. And I don't think that's the exact phrase he used. But knowing this judge, T.S. Ellis, he probably did say something as colorful. This guy, the judge himself, has had death threats. So he can only assume how these jurors would be treated. Yeah. So he said, no, I'm not giving you their names. And CNN uh, is kind of all up in arms over this. But, you know, this is the network that would then be running to cover any violence that was taken out on any of these jurors, either during their weekend or after they release a verdict. So I'm proud of this judge for taking a real smart approach to this. Now, let's talk about Antifa or Antifa or or my aunt, Tifa. Antifa! Yeah, there you go. Those guys, they have, some of them have been arrested There was um, uh, a protest, a violent protest about a year ago where some of these people, these brave people who cover their faces, wear all black clothing and helmets to when they go to their peaceful protests. Some of these people took bicycle locks, you know, the ones with the long loop that can go through the frame and the tire. And they took them to the protest and were swinging them and hitting people on the head. And in one of the most uh, prominent cases, the guy got off with no jail time. We had people with their skulls cracked. Luckily, they didn't die. And they, the guilty parties, the people who were swinging these things, did not get jail time. Now, how does that not happen? How, how does that happen? Well, it happens in California. That's why. Uh, I hope to God that, that some of these people get arrested before they can do serious harm. I know Sunday... At that ridiculous Unite the Right 2 event that less than 40 people showed up, 24 people showed up. The Antifa crowd was there, again, with their masks, with their black clothing, with their helmets. And nobody, they're so brave, they don't want anybody to know who they are. So i just furious with it. But Steve, before I get you out of here, what's the weirdest thing you've eaten? The weirdest thing I've eaten? Yeah, yeah, we're talking about strange foods because the uh, tarantula tacos in Mexico. Well, I mean, I, I never like liver, but I used to have a friend of mine that could cook it like really amazing. And <laughs> but, but I think that was the only time I ever ate liver that, that I actually liked it. Wow, I thought, Steve, I'm not calling you lame, but I thought I was lame when the wildest thing I've eaten was uh, uh, rattlesnake and alligator. I, I thought that was... I thought I was kind of not really exotic. You and I need to go out and we need to get to one of these restaurants and get some of this exotic food and give it a shot. Uh, I'm not eating crickets, though. I know the U.N. wants us all to eat crickets because they say it's good protein. All right. Thank you, my friend. You have a great weekend. Uh, Michael Pelka in for my friend Buck Sexton. And, you know, uh, Buck and I have something in common. And he talks about Simply Safe Home Security all the time on this show. I know Simply Safe. I've been a Simply Safe customer. I have a system in the house. It's a great security system, great protection, easy to use, and uh, there's exciting news. Simply Safe is now uh, valued at a billion dollars. These guys set up this company on their own, built it on their own sweat equity, 
and now it's worth a billion dollars. Again, I've known this company for almost, gosh, almost seven years. Five guys working together. And the, the founder started the company because he wanted to help his friends who had been burglarized. Now it's worth a billion bucks. And they protect over two million people. And here's what makes them great. Simple, simply safe, comprehensive protection for your home, round the clock people monitoring it, professional monitoring, and they got police dispatch connected to it as well. You get protection against intruders, fires, leaks, burst pipes. Simply Safe keeps working even when the power goes out, downed Wi-Fi, and even if a burglar smashes the keypad. The system is easy to use, as I've said. It's intuitive, incredibly so. It takes minutes to set up. And with Simply Safe, no contracts, no hidden fees, and 24-7 monitoring is only $14.99 a month. Think about that. 24-7 monitoring, $14.99 a month. CNET, PC Mag, Wire Cutter, all named Simply Safe to their top pick for home security. So order your Simply Safe system now. Buck Sexton listeners get free shipping and free returns. Visit simplysafe.com, S I M P L I safe.com slash buck. It's simplysafe.com slash buck. Protect your home with Simply Safe today. Simplysafe.com slash buck. Michael Pelka. And I'm stepping away. I'll be back with the rest of the Buck Sexton Show next. Michael Pelka, that's me, Michael Pelka, in for Buck Sexton. If you're looking for Buck, he'll be back Monday. He's having a Friday, and I am too. And we're trying to keep the news in focus and keep the fun in focus on a Friday. So uh, I'm asking the question of everyone who calls today. If you want to talk about a serious topic, I'm happy to. We're still going to talk about the New Mexico compound and what happened there that you won't believe. The Stabathon in London. I got a buddy who's going to help me understand the economics of what's happening in the country and maybe the global connections that's coming up just around the corner. But I, I'm trying to figure this out. Restaurant in Mexico City, one of the biggest cities in the world, like 25, 30 million people. And this fancy schmancy restaurant is selling tarantula tacos. But they're using the exotic tarantula, the red bump, red rump tarantula for their tacos, the red rump tarantula tacos, endangered species. So they got slapped. They're being fined. And I start thinking, what's the weirdest thing you've eaten? So if you want to join the conversation on any level, I'm going to ask everybody who calls, what's the weirdest thing you've eaten? 844-900-BUCK, 844-900-2825. Jody in Salt Lake City. I think I recognize this name. Hey, Jody, welcome to the Buck Sexton Show. Hey, Stunt Brain, miss you like a front tooth. <laughs> oh, that brings back memories. Thank you. It's been almost a year, but I'm back on the Blaze Radio tonight. So, uh, yeah, so glad to be here. So I've had rattlesnake, I've had alligator, but the weirdest thing I've ever eaten is ostrich meat. I do not recommend it. It is nasty. It is gamey and it is greasy. Ooh, 
nasty gamey and greasy. Not exactly an endorsement for ostrich meat. How did you come no, to sir. consume it? Well, I found it in a natural food grocery store and thought, I, I'm willing to try. I mean, I've had buffalo, venison, elk. Let's give this a whirl. Oh, was that a mistake? Yeah. Well, so, I- as, as a public service to the Freedom Hut, don't eat it. <laughs> we appreciate you giving us that warning. I just wonder about all those people back in the 80s. There were a bunch of people who said, look, uh, red meat is bad for you. We're, we're going to start selling ostrich meat. It's got higher protein. You should become an ostrich farmer. And uh, I know there's a lot of people who lost their shirts <laughs> in ostrich meat. And now I know why. Now, ostrich, uh, we spoke about Paul Manafort last hour. And the Manafort jury has been sent home for the weekend. They'll be back Monday. And in this trial, one of the sticking points early was the demonization of Paul Manafort buying a $15,000 coat made of ostrich. Now, as horrible as it probably looked, I'm willing to admit that as a guy who lived in Texas for 13 years, I proudly owned a pair of ostrich skin boots, full quill, and they were great. They fit well. They wore like iron. They were terrific. So while I wouldn't own a $15,000 ostrich coat, I could certainly understand why somebody would as my boots are still with me. But Jody, thank you for being here. Sure appreciate you. And yeah, I miss all of you guys like a front tooth. It's uh it's just uh, a different world these days. Oh boy, what a fun day. Uh I I like history. I think we need to know history in order to understand where we're going. And that's why I every single day stop and look at what happened on this day back in the day. And I go back to this day, 20 years ago today. And 20 years ago today, the president of the United States was a guy named William Jefferson Clinton. And President Clinton decided he was going to stand up and sort of fix a mistake he made. Because six months earlier, almost six months earlier to the date, Bill Clinton, the president, said this to the world. But I want to say one thing to the American people. I want you to listen to me. I'm going to say this again. I did not have sexual relations with that woman, Miss Lewinsky. I never told anybody to lie, not a single time, never. These allegations are false, and I need to go back to work for the American people. Thank you. I need to go back to doing the business of doing the American people. So that was in January. Well, fast forward to August 17th, 1998, 20 years ago today. Remember what he said? I did not have sexual relations with that woman, Miss Lewinsky. Bill Clinton appeared in front of the entire nation and said this. As you know. In a deposition in January, I was asked questions about my relationship with Monica Lewinsky. While my answers were legally accurate, I did not volunteer information. Hmm. Indeed, I did have a relationship with Ms. Lewinsky that was not appropriate. In fact, it was wrong. 
It constituted a critical lapse in judgment and a personal failure on my part for which I am solely and completely responsible. That was a turning point, I think, in, in some, of the, uh, some of the affection that uh, conservatives had for Bill Clinton. The liberals still forgive him, but conservatives, that was a turning point. It happened 20 years ago this evening. I do think that's important for us to pay attention. I think I got time to squeeze in one quick call. Strange Food, uh, who's on the phone from Florida? Doug from Florida, welcome to the show. Quickly, what's your strange food? Well, I, was, I served a career in the military, uh, mostly in the Far East, and there's a lot of them, but the, my strangest food was a food called Ugly Fruit. And the best way I can describe that is that... Uh, it smelled like dirty feet and tasted like battery acid. Oh, stop selling me on it. It smells like dirty feet and tastes like battery acid. Mm, yum, yum, give me some. Doug, thank you for your service. God bless you, sir. Michael Palka lining up the calls, and we're going to talk the economy, too, with the capitalist pig just around the corner. It's the Buck Sexton Show. Buck's off tonight, but I'm here. 844-900-BUCK. Join the party, won't you? He's back with you now, because when it comes to the fight for truth, the buck never stops. Well, he'll be back Monday. The buck has stopped for the week, and Michael Pelka, me, the godfather, in for my friend Buck Sexton, back on the Blaze Radio Network. How about that on a Friday night? Wow, almost a year later, here I am, back temporarily, uh, having a good time on a Friday night, talking about... All kinds of important things in the news. Again, I, I'm going to drill a hole in the New Mexico compound story later. And uh, we'll talk about the London Stabathon. Yeah, because uh, knives, they've got knives under control, right? And the question of the night, the Friday fun question of the night, because this buck audience loves fun, is uh, what's the weirdest food you've ever eaten? I'm talking about. Uh, the Mexico City restaurant that's serving the endangered species of tarantula, the red rump tarantula, and they got their their red rumps smacked by the government. And uh, so I started thinking, what's the weirdest thing people have eaten? And so far, pretty tame. I mean, we've had a couple of weird ones. Checking in real quickly before I get to the capitalist pig. He's on hold. My buddy Jonathan Honig's on hold. But I got to check in with a neighbor, apparently, John in Delaware checking in. John, hello, quickly. Welcome to the Buck Sexton Show. Actually, working out. Hey, John. I'm going to put you back on hold. Okay, you commit the ultimate violation. You didn't listen on hold. We'll be back to you, John. And Dan in Ohio and Ed in Stockton, hang on. We got to talk about food. But right now, I got to talk money. Because my buddy Jonathan Honig is the capitalist pig. Find him at thecapitalistpig.com. Jonathan, uh, it's been a good week for the stock market, hasn't it? Yeah, Mike, great to be with you and great to be with you on the blaze tonight. Look, no matter what you think of the president, we have a lot to celebrate. As you said, a good week for the stock market and a good economy. We're celebrating 
the longest bull market in stock market history. It's going back now to March of 2009. We know the unemployment rate now is at historic lows, not just amongst the general population, but amongst a lot of subgroups as well. Economic optimism, Mike, is at a 14-year high. So there's there's tremendous optimism. There's tremendous reasons uh, to be bullish and to be uh, you know enthusiastic about this economy. But I have to tell you, as a professional investor, I think ironically that's the best reason why now more than ever is a good time to be cautious more than anything. You know, to be a successful investor, Mike, you have to be a contrarian. So even now, as we're celebrating great economic news, I'm seeing more and more people, forget even investors, just people taking on debt, being more and more reckless with their money, with their housing investments. So even as we're celebrating new highs for the economy, I think now is an especially good time to, to take a step back and get one financial house in order because the tough times are coming. No matter what you think of the present, whether it's now or whether it's later, we know we're due. Well, I believe in due. I also believe that there are cycles. And right now, though, Jonathan, we're in a cycle that I, I look at manufacturing numbers and inventories a lot. And with the inventory so low, are we really facing something that that could be just around the corner? Or do we still have another half a year or nine months of, of strong growth based on just those inventory numbers? Well, you know, I'll tell you what's, what's, what's really been the main driver of the economy over the last, just even say five years, Mike. And it hasn't been manufacturing. I know that's been a big focus of a lot of politicians. It's been technology. It has really been the high-tech areas of the market. You know, the Ubers, the Amazons, the Facebooks, the, the Netflixes, those have been the ones that are really powering the market and the economy forward. So to answer your question, you know, do we have another six months left, uh, six years left? Well, what a lot of economists are keeping an eye on are those exact investments. And just today we saw Tesla, which has really been one of these major technological drivers of the economy, Tesla fall almost 10%, Mike. Some worries about an interview that Elon Musk did in the New York Times, essentially saying maybe this guy has kind of lost it with his erratic tweeting. But, you know, that's a lot of these technology stocks now we're starting to see maybe falter, maybe slow down a little bit. So to answer your question, where are we in the cycle now? The fact that some of these tech stocks are starting the weekend, to me, says we're more like in maybe the seventh or eighth inning rather than the second or the third. Okay, that's a decent way to look at it. And uh, the other the other concern that I have is debt. And I will tell you, Jonathan, when I was uh, like 29, 30 years old, uh, decades ago, I got I got in debt, credit card debt. And it took me about seven years to dig out of a two year debt hole. And I'm worried because I've lived without debt for the other than household mortgage debt without debt for the last decade. And now I see people grabbing onto debt. Is that the big danger to the economy? Yeah. Yeah. And Mike, Mike, you learned your lesson. And I'm sure you can attest more than anyone. What is the satisfaction, the life satisfaction you feel knowing getting up? that you don't owe anyone, that you're not going to get calls in the middle of dinner from creditors. So, And you're absolutely right. It's almost as if today we've forgotten the lessons of even just a decade ago during the financial crisis because we're starting to see, once again, people rack up the debt, especially this time, Mike. It's not even as much in one's house, but it's on the credit card. Consumer credit card debt is at an all-time high. And it's not just you know those of us in, in the middle of our lives. 
even the younger uh, younger Americans, Mike, members of what they call Generation Z, these are people who can't even drink yet, you know, ages 15 through 20. They've already got $5,000 in average in mm. debt. And members of genera- the generation a little bit older than that already have $12,000 in debt. So you're right. It's, pr- it's proliferating at a rate we haven't seen since the financial crisis. It's another reason why I think now is a great time to get your house in order. Well, it, it's not easy. But I do tell you, you're 100% right. And I don't want to sound like Dave Ramsey and one of those guys that screams I'm debt-free and, and encouraging people. But I, we'll get into this. The parental absence of teaching kids about financial smarts is really starting to catch up to people. And I, I made the mistake young. I corrected it. And I can't tell people enough if you can avoid buying it until you can afford it. In some cases, you can't. On some things, on cars, on homes, sometimes you have to have a little debt. But if you can avoid it, it changes your perspective every single day. Now, Jonathan, looking ahead, we've we've got all kinds of numbers that churn at us every day. What's the one thing, if you're saying to keep an eye on the economy, What's the one thing you look at every single day to try and take the temperature of our economy? Well, it really has to be the stock market, Mike. That's the best leading indicator. You know, a lot of folks were hesitant to invest during the Obama years, even though the market went up and up and up during the Obama years, because they said, oh, I don't trust the president. I don't like his policies, so I have to sit this one out. The market always leads the economic numbers. And as I said, you know, we're we're doing well, very well under President Trump, but we're really in year 10 of what's been a historic expansion of the economy. doesn't mean it can't go on any longer, but I think if you really start to see the economy correct, whether it's because of unrest in the Middle East, perhaps worries over trade and tariffs, if you really start to see the market correct, that's the best indicator that the recession isn't just uh, on the horizon, it's arrived. Well, we're we're back up at record levels. We're trying to Keep an eye on everything, and uh, I, I would tell people, debt, get out, get out of it as soon as you can, and be smart. Nobody ever went broke taking a profit, and that's the one thing I remember when I talked to my friend, the capitalist pig, Jonathan Honig. <laughs> Jonathan, before you get out of here, what's the weirdest food you've eaten? <laughs> oh, that's easy. Uh, it's, it's, it's called gefilte fish, Mike. You know what that is? Of course I do. I grew up in Chicago and I lived in New York City. I have more Jewish it's, friends than I have Catholic it, friends. It's these perfectly days. good fish and they grind it up. And it's, <laughs> why anyone would do that to a fish? So the, the, the most disgusting thing you'll eat uh, is a is a is gefilte fish, and that's my that's my worst thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm never coming to a seder at your house because I know you're bringing gefilte fish. Thank you, Jonathan Hody. Have a great weekend. Uh, it's good advice from that guy. Uh, he's real solid. All right, I'm going back on the phones to see if uh, the Buck Sexton audience is is bringing, bringing the good stuff. Ed, in Stockton, California, I have a question for you, Ed, but first I want to hear about your interesting food. What's the weirdest thing you've eaten? Well, that depends on what you consider disgusting. I've eaten everything. <laughs> I was born on a farm in upstate new york we had everything from the butt to the nose to butt we used to have <laughs> i mean all sorts of stuff but our favorite snack actually was 
June bugs. June bugs? June bugs. You just take the little legs off, you take the wings off, and you would just fry them up in butter, and that was just like, it was like a popcorn snack for us when we were kids. I've never dead. heard anyone eat June bugs, Ed. You, you've you already, you're in the lead right now of weird things. I, I, I mean, I, I was going to go a different direction for disgusting things because I've had raccoon, I've eaten skunk, woodchuck. Well, squirrel. if you raised on a I cattle mean, ranch, and I, I know you've had testiculos de toros in the spring when the calf fries yeah. are served up. Yes, yeah, um, we called those. Oh, what do we call those? Oh, geez. Mountain was, oysters. Like, they they were mountain oysters or calf it fries. It was Catskill Love is what we called it. <laughs> okay. Ed, real quickly, um, Stockton is experimenting with universal basic income. You oh, think it's going to... Oh, Don't get me started on that, Mike. I'm telling you what. You guys That's were the dumb. foreclosure capital in the state, and now you're going to start with UBI... Please tell me you can bring common sense to that city. We, we've we been trying so hard. I'm a little bit south of Stockton, so I'm not really in Stockton because your your screener couldn't spell me Antica, but I'm, I'm only like 10 miles away. <laughs> I can't spell so it either. It's the dumbest, so, it's the dumbest thing. It doesn't work. It does yeah. not work. Well, I, I, I hope they... straight socialism. I hate it. You're never going to be able to have enough people's money, like what Elizabeth Warren was saying today, that she's wants she passing trying to get a bill in to take 40 percent of corporations in the private sector or government sector and all this it doesn't work i mean that's just straight up at least you know with president trump i love him i was there from the beginning and uh he's he showed these fools for exactly who they are from what they're saying and i love every minute of it well, I, I'm with you on him showing them where the cow eats the cabbage, if I can use the correct uh, barnyard term for you. Thank you, Ed. Uh, good luck with Stockton, California. Uh, do I have time for one more quick one, John? Dan in Ohio, wildest food you've had. Go ahead, sir. Hi, Michael. Hey. Hey, the wildest food. We used to have a uh, a dinner. It was called the Wild Beast Feast in our town. And all the hunters brought things they've collected all over the world, basically. But African lion meatballs. <laughs> oh, I'm sure if we brought this up, we'd be demonized by the left for eating African lion meatballs. But who cares? Well, thank you, Dan. Yeah, thank, right. thank you for checking in, sir. Appreciate you. Michael Pelka in for Buck Sexton on this Friday night. We're having fun. I still have a couple serious topics we got to hit. And uh, you're welcome to join the program, 844-900-2825. We'll be right back. It is the Buck Sexton Show on a Friday night. Buck is off. Mike Opelka in for my friend, Buck Sexton. Yes, I am the Godfather, and I'm happy to be back here on this show, coast to coast, all over the country, also on that Blaze Radio Network, too. But I love all the stations on this uh, network and all the folks who call in. We're talking news. I know last night Buck talked about uh, Lucky Chucky Schumer and uh, his... 
his speech to Georgetown Law years ago where he sounded more like a Republican than the Democrat. I'll just give you a little reminder of what it was. Chuck? That illegal immigration is wrong, plain and simple. Oh, glad you've come over. Oh, wait, he evolved. They would shoot him today in the well of the Senate and carry him out if he did that. But uh, good news on Schumer. Apparently Schumer has announced he plans to meet with Judge Kavanaugh, Donald Trump's pick for the Supreme Court. Schumer has announced that he will be meeting with Judge Kavanaugh next week. And this is just hours after the Democrats said uh, Schumer and the Democrats said they would sue the National Archives for Kavanaugh's record. This is all trying to slow down the judge getting through and getting sworn in on the Supreme Court before before the midterm elections. So another effort. I hope it gets thrown out. This is just obstruction. Remember when Mitch McConnell said it was his job to block Barack Obama and the left got furious. It's a bad choice of words from McConnell. McConnell. And now that the left is doing it, well, they're okay with it. And this is why I get mad at both sides, people. I really get mad. It's, I was mad at McConnell when he did that. I'm happy he's trying to push this through now. Hopefully, these guys will realize that we're smart enough to understand what they're up to. Hopefully, they'll realize, oh, gee, those voter people, they, they're not so stupid, are they? All right, we've been talking a lot about... Uh, a lot about the politics, and we'll get into some of the crime stuff that I have to share with you. But uh, I got somebody on the phone in Delaware checking in. Uh, said something about Mrs. Me hearing me on the radio. Uh, it's not John in Delaware. It's Peter in Delaware. Welcome to the program, sir. How are you? I'm great. We miss you so much here. This is Peter from Brandywine 100. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Minute drive from where you live, right? Hey, neighbor, uh, good, good. we're having a little... Delaware's a small state, and everybody goes, everything's a 10-minute drive. No, that's not true. If you go from... I, yep. I, I just took my daughter to Marsh Road Diner for dinner, and I got in the car, and whose voice do I hear but yours? And I said, wow, that sounds so nice. Oh, thank you. You're very kind, Peter. Now, yeah. I know you had a decent dinner at the Marsh Road Diner, but I want to know, what's the weirdest food you've ever consumed? Um, well, I've only been living in Delaware a little over three years. Um, I lived in, I was born in New York City, and I lived there for the first 43 years of my life. Okay, I, the, I'm, the, I'm up against it, the Soros machine. I'm going to hit between, the wall, Peter. <sighs> Hang on, Peter. We'll get right back to you. Michael Pelka in for Buck Sexton. Come on back, people. We got more fun to go. Another hour. Buck Sexton. Permission. Decoding the news and disseminating information with actionable intelligence. Make, make no mistake. America. Ready. Great. You're a great American. Again. This is the Buck Sexton Show. Activate. Former CIA analyst. Former member of the NYPD. Buck Sexton. It is Buck Sexton. Now. Mike Opelka in for Buck on this uh, third hour of the show. Buck had the night off. I'm trying to jam two pounds of show in a one-pound bag in this last hour. I got to get to uh, the New Mexico compound. I got to get to the Wall Street Journal. 
taking Rachel Maddow out to the back alley and smacking her around. No, that's not a violent reference. It's an intellectual reference. They put an intellectual smackdown on Rachel Maddow. Good for you, Wall Street Journal. Uh, and, and we've got a couple more things to go. I got to take Elizabeth Warren and Maxine Waters to the woodshed, too. Oh, he's using violent terms. How terrible. Shouldn't we have a trigger warning? But we're also talking about weird foods that you may have eaten. This in response to the Mexico City restaurant in hot water for serving the red rump tarantula in tacos. Red rump tarantula tacos. They're, they're protected. So they got in trouble, and that led to a weird conversation about what the hell are people eating? Weird stuff. 844-900-BUCK, 844-900-2825. I am coming to you from my constitutionally protected free speech bunker, tax-free free speech bunker in the first state of Delaware. And before we ended the last hour, I was talking to another Delawarean, Peter, and uh, I, I hit the wall. We ran into a commercial break, and I wanted to find out, what's the weirdest thing you've ever eaten, Peter? Go ahead. The floor is yours. Well, during my four years in Indonesia, on many occasions, I indulged in a very common street food there. And it might be weirder than tarantula. How about chicken colons? Chicken colons. That's right. They take the chicken colons, and they wrap them around a wooden skewer, and they... uh, they kind of uh, cook them over a f- open flame, and they are delicious in the morning with some uh, Indonesian porridge. Chicken? I, I just you stopped me right there. At, you you had me at chicken colons, Peter. You have now moved to the top of the list, Peter from <laughs> Delaware. Chicken colons, strangest yep. food yet. Okay, you what? You've won uh, this hour, but we'll see. There's still time. Thank you. Thank you, my neighbor. Don't forget, if if you miss me on radio, because it's almost a year that I had my security clearance pulled at the blaze and asked to leave the building. Uh, and I'm not griping about it. I'm, I'm having a lot of fun. You can find me at Puro Palka on iTunes and uh, there's all kinds of other places. You'll hear me pop up everywhere. But I appreciate you, Peter. Thank you for checking in. Bob, next door to Delaware in Pennsylvania. Bob, you have a strange food. Can you compete with chicken colons? Oh, we can do better than that. We can give you a clarifier and a brand new food. The guy from Southeast Asia, when he said the ugly fruit, that's actually called durian. It looks like a basketball loaded with spikes. And it smells and tastes like socks, underwear, and garbage all mixed. Socks, huh? socks, underwear, and garbage all mixed together. Oh, it's it's I mean, if you if you cut a durian, you can smell it three blocks away. Oh, oh, uh, yeah, the, I'm. The, the new, go ahead. The new food, the new food for the dinner table is one I had in West Africa, in Ghana. It's called grass cutter, and grass cutter is another name for cooked field rat. Cooked seal what? A cooked field rat. It's a big rat. About oh. the size of maybe a groundhog. Yeah. And yeah. you can have it barbecued, you can have it stewed, uh, you can have it uh, just regular fried. I had a barbecue. It was pretty good. A little greasy, but it had, had a nice taste to it. It kind of tastes like a rabbit. Okay. 
All right. Uh, you know what, uh, Bob? You've just given hope to thousands upon thousands of people who are living in the homeless camps in California, in both San Francisco and Los Angeles. They've announced that they have a public health concern as the rats, some of which grow to the size of 20 pounds, are starting to get into numbers that they can't manage. So uh, California, meanwhile, you're having your sanctuary city and overloading your economy with illegals and not having enough money to deal with the homeless. And now you've got a giant rat problem. Well, at least Bob in Pennsylvania has offered you a solution. Put them on the barbecue grill and slap a little of that Ubon's barbecue sauce on them and say, yum, yum, give me some. Bob, thank you, sir. Good golly, Miss Molly. Oh, I can't believe some of the foods. Chicken colon. I'm sorry, but chicken colon still takes the cake. Whoever, whomever can beat the chicken colon for the weirdest food. Uh, I, I don't know if we have a prize for you, but we will be forever in your debt. Now, last hour, we were talking about socialism. We talked about Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the young Democratic socialist from New York who has become the darling of the Democrats, and uh, she's now kicked the press out of her town hall because she wants her voters and her followers to feel safe. Again, this is the way the socialist thinks. They know better than you. They know how to take care of you. Government is replacing family, and I don't believe that's right. I think it's a, it's a road to ruin. Well, Elizabeth Warren, you also heard mentioned briefly last month, has or last hour has proposed something even crazier than kicking the press out of a town hall meeting as Ms. Ocasio-Cortez has done. Elizabeth Warren has proposed a way to, well, let's just say nationalize everything, to have the government overseeing corporations. What are we talking about? It's pretty much bordering on wholesale seizure and control of private property. Warren proposed something called the Accountability, the Accountable Capitalism Act. The Accountable Capitalism Act. That's what she would like us to follow. And now check it out. If you want to see the, the real details on it, Kevin Williamson wrote about it on the National Review. The Accountable Capitalism Act, and Williamson correctly asks, accountable to whom? Warren would like the following to happen. No business with more than a billion dollars in revenue would be permitted to legally operate without the permission from the federal government. Think about that. Did anybody just get a chill? Did anyone just see the graveyards of the founding, the graves of the founding fathers? The dirt is churning as they are spinning. Listen to that again. Warren and her Accountable Capitalism Act would not permit any business with more than a billion in revenue to legally operate without the permission from the federal government. And then the federal government would also dictate to these businesses how their boards would be made up, the details of internal corporate governance, compensation practices, personnel policies, 
and more. Does anybody, anybody see anything? Now, I, I was going to say wrong with it. Do you see anything right with this? Anything at all right with it? No, it's unconstitutional. It's immoral. It's irresponsible. It's wrong on every level. But why should we be surprised? Warren has been pushing socialism, and now you've got a majority of young Democrats, 51% are in favor of considering socialism. And Elizabeth Warren and the mainstream media have demonized capitalism to the point where these guys are going to make a run at it. And it all started in, uh, I think it was 2008. All of this. We saw the seeds of this in 2008 during the economic and oil crisis when we saw gas prices go up to almost five bucks a gallon nationally. And what did Congress do? Well, we have to get all those oil company people in here and we have to grill them like a cheese sandwich. And so when John Hofmeister, the CEO of Shell Oil, was trying to explain to uh, the House and their committee that the cost of drilling for oil is very high and there are years you don't make money and then there are years you make a lot of money and uh, they weren't having any of it. And Maxine Waters, anti-Max, and I can't say the words anti-Max without hearing her in the back of my head going, impeach 45! Maxine Waters gave us the following. And guess what this liberal would be all about? This liberal will be all about socializing, uh, um, would be about basically taking over and the government running all of your companies. Can you, can you believe it? It's there. If you don't believe me, even the Snopes people, even the Snopes people have verified this. So when you see Elizabeth Warren saying that, uh, you know, any company with over a billion dollars in revenue, the government needs to be responsible and uh, take over the operations of the board. We need to tell them who can be on the board, how they will run their company. No, this started years ago. This started a decade ago in 2008 when Maxine Waters gave us this statement. Maxine Waters put that out there. And if we don't pay attention, we have nobody to blame but ourselves. Socialism, they're pushing it. And if we don't keep telling people what the end result of socialism is, do you need to go any further? Eventually, the government's going to decide uh, that there are farms that need to be under control of the government because the food supply, we can't have the food supply without control by the government. Gee, I wonder if we've seen anything like that happen in a nation in Africa where they suddenly put out a list of farms that are controlled by minority white farm owners, but now will be taken over and redistributed. We are nudging closer and closer to socialism. I, I, I You know what I need right now? I, I need a big dose of strike force energy. I know Buck said, Godfather, get you some strike force energy. This is veteran owned, American made, one of the hottest new energy products on the market. Strike force energy developed by veterans for one simple reason. The fight will always follow you and it waits for no one. 
Yes, I am Michael Pelka in for Buck Sexton talking about Strike Force. Strike Force and and Buck and his show invites you this summer to join in giving back to America's troops. Over the last three years, Strike Force Energy has shipped millions of packets to our troops, both at home and abroad. And now we are bringing this battlefield proven liquid directly to your door. Strike Force Energy liquid packs available four flavors, zero sugar zero calories, and are made with only the finest ingredients for the fuel to power through your toughest fights. Boy, I could use one right now. Simply add Strike Force to 16 to 20 ounces of water, tea, lemonade, yogurt, even an ice-cold beer. Ooh, that sounds good. And go to StrikeForceEnergy.com. Enter the discount code BUCK at checkout. Discount code BUCK. That's on StrikeForceEnergy.com. And for every packet you buy, they will donate a packet to a military member around the globe. Strike Force Energy is the fuel for the fight. Michael Pelka and for my friend Buck Sexton. We'll be right back. Michael Pelka and for my friend Buck Sexton. It's a Friday night. We're covering the news. We're also having a little bit of fun. I asked you earlier, what's the weirdest food you've eaten in response to these uh, tarantula tacos they're serving in Mexico City? And a lot of you have called in. And I'm, I'm going to let uh, one of my fellow Delawareans, John, answer the question as well. John, we, we lost you earlier. We're glad you called back. Uh, welcome to the Buck Sexton Show with one of your neighbors filling in. How are you, sir? I'm doing excellent, Mike. Thanks a lot, man. I appreciate you taking my call, and I appreciate you covering up for Buck tonight. You guys, you know, you do a really good job filling in whenever he takes a little leave from action. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, he had my back early, and I have his back whenever. I've got his six, as they say. So uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad to be here. What's the strangest thing? And, I, you know... John, Delaware's the only place I've seen, uh, is it muskrat? They sell muskrat in, in a butcher store in downtown Wilmington. I've never What's eaten What's a high possibility? It. I know guys that hunt muskrat down here. These guys hunt anything down here in Delaware. What are you doing in Delaware anyway? I never got to ask about that or heard you mention it, Mike. Uh, you, you're not allowed to know, John. It's a secret <laughs> mission. Top, now, I've been secret. Gotcha. My, this is a national nonprofit day, and my wife's family lives in Delaware and has run a brilliant nonprofit children's theater for almost 50 years in this state. And sure. started by my mother in law, my wife runs it now. So we moved our lives out of New York City, away from the communist stronghold of <laughs> Bill de Blasio into uh, Delaware. It's very blue here. We're trying to no turn doubt it. About it. Well, I, I'm, I'm officially from a, a communist socialist stronghold as well. I'm originally from Trenton up in New Jersey, to be oh honest. Oh, my God. Yeah, we had to leave the area, to be honest with you, because it became quite the war zone. My parents got us out of there, thank God, when I was about 12, and I've been here ever since. I love it here, though. And, and you know another thing I wanted to mention, Mike, every time Buck talked about Delaware I kind of feel a little bit insulted. I love the guy to death, but he always refers back to the Wayne's World movie. 
with her on the <laughs> Memorial Bridge and they're yeah. bored to death because they're in Delaware, you know? <laughs> yeah, we, Delaware gets a, a bad rap. And I've I lived in a lot of states. I lived in uh, Illinois. I lived in Texas. I lived in Jersey and New York. And uh, I love this state. And I love the benefits of not having sales tax. We oh, do have exactly. a lot. It's a great. Man. That's why there's a lot of actually big corporations up there in Wilmington that actually oh, yeah. uh their home offices here due to that exact reason. Yeah, a lot of incorporations headquartered in Delaware because of the tax structure, but we have unfortunately just a whole bunch of blue politicians oh, here. It so it is terrible. It's a scary place to live if you're a Republican, I'll tell you what. <laughs> yeah, it is. I don't but know that, why that is because Thank you for checking in real quickly because I got to get moving. What's yeah, the What's the weirdest food you've ever eaten? I oh, of course, this phone breaks up. State New York, my grandmother ate it. It was honest with you. It's an Italian dish. I watched her eat it. I seen the eyeballs in the head and the tongue hanging out. I was young. I, I your phone's breaking up, John. But it it was lamb brain, I guess, and. Uh, <laughs> Is that where we get the term term lame brain from lamb brain? I don't know. I've never had that either. But uh, crazy foods. Uh, before we get uh, finished up here in this little block, I've been looking at the midterm math because the guys from uh, 528 were saying, hey, it looks like it's a lock that the Democrats are going to uh, take the midterms no no questions asked but weren't they the guys who also said hillary had everything lined up and the, the election was a lock and then we learned uh, very briefly a couple of days later gee look who won so i'm not exactly locked into any polling yet i know it's an uphill battle i looked over the midterm elections from fdr to obama i looked over every single one at the house and the uh, Senate, and to see where where we had any trending. And you guys have known this. You've heard the story. It has been virtually every year, with the exception of one, two, three years since FDR, three midterm years since FDR, that there was a pickup of the party in power gaining seats in the House. And some years it was awful. FDR's second term, he lost 71. His third term, he lost 55 seats. And under LBJ, 47. Under Ford, minus 48. Under Bill Clinton, minus 52 seats. And under Obama, minus 63. It's a tough road to hoe. But you know what? Voter turnout could make it all happen. So if you want to get involved, now is the time to start. We're under 80 days to the midterm elections. More on the New Mexico compound and some of the other stories are just ticking me off. Michael Pelka in for Buck Sexton. Come on back. He's holding the line. For America, Buck Sexton is back. Michael Pelka in for Buck. Buck will be back on Monday, just filling in for my buddy, uh, hanging out with this audience, which I, I love this audience, coast to coast, so much fun. You guys are, are connected. You know what's going on, but you're also real people out there in the world, and that's what I love. I love knowing 
that we as a group of conservatives, as a libertarian thinker, small government, big freedom, we can connect even on issues like what's the weirdest food you've eaten. And uh, I got to check in with Chris in Palmer, Massachusetts, but I'm nervous, Chris. Do I need to give a content warning before we talk to you about what the weirdest thing you've eaten is? I'm not too sure. Maybe if you have a pet like this, you might. Oh, boy. Just tell me, what country was it? It was in Korea. Oh, boy. It was Uh, in Korea, and it was called Kegogi, which is um, dog. Oh, boy. I don't know if I could. I, 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 I'm a big fan, you know, I'm, I'm an adopter. I'm a rescuer. I, 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 I can't, Chris, I can't go there. It's too close. Come on. No, no, I'm sorry. That's the, that's the craziest one though. No, I, I, I think there are other options. That's not a, that's not a starving country. I, I, I can't, I can't endorse this one, Chris. We're going to split on this. Nothing is nothing is crazier than chicken colons. That's all I'm going to uh, leave it at that. But okay, sir. But thank you. God bless you. You got it, buddy. <laughs> oh, that one's too rough for me. I, I admit, and and that's I, I'm ending the topic there because I have other things to talk about. Earlier, we were talking about Elizabeth Warren and her plan to confiscate uh, companies with over a billion dollars in revenue because she thinks the government knows better than people who've generated a billion dollars in revenue. And we played you back the old Maxine Waters clip from uh, 2008, where she talked about socializing the oil companies, taking control of the oil companies. That's what's in their hearts. And now they're dropping the mask and putting it out there. Well, today, this day, this morning, before 5 o'clock this morning, ABC News threw a little log on this uh, anti-capitalism fire. This is what ABC News tweeted. In 1965, it was 20 to 1. In 1989, it was 58 to 1. Last year, it was 270 to 1. What are they talking about? This is wealth demonization. This is what they say. The article is titled on their website, U.S. CEOs earned 312 times more than workers in 2017. They are trying to say that capitalism needs government control to put a maximum wage on top of what CEOs can earn. Now, ABC News is part of the Disney company, which has traditionally overpaid its CEO if they want to get down to it. So, ABC, you first. Are you going to also, ABC, make equal pay between the guy who gets the coffee for George Stephanopoulos, who goes and makes sure that Ryan Seacrest has the right bagels in his dressing room? You're paying these guys tens of millions of dollars a year, and you're demonizing the fact that a free market economy has differences. One of the greatest things about America is the fact that we don't have a maximum wage. You can go for as far up on the ladder as you would like to go. You can reach as high as you want. 
but socialism will end that. Elizabeth Warren's government control of, of corporate boards, government control of HR. We already have uh, regulations that are inside corporations right now. Yes, some of them are good. Some of them protect workers and workplaces. But we don't need the government saying, okay, once you get a billion dollars in revenue, you're our partner. It's frightening what's going on, and we have to stand up. And the only way to stand up is to fight the midterm takeover. The blue wave has to die. Otherwise, this will happen. And I read the stats to you. Three times in midterm elections, three times since FDR. Only three times has there been a gain in seats in the House. Once under FDR in his first term, once under Bill Clinton in his second, and uh, once under George Bush in his first. The rest are losses. And also, if the midterms end up being a defeat for the GOP, and they're now, some are speculating, 70 seats, that would be... If it's 70 seats, that would be the second most lost by the party in power in our history since FDR. You tell me, what's the answer? It's not socialism, but socialism may be the demon that if we could explain it, because right now the millennials and a lot of people don't understand what socialism is. It is the biggest danger to our prosperity as a nation. I firmly believe it. Now, I I noticed a smackdown yesterday. The Wall Street Journal. The Wall Street Journal stepped in after Rachel Maddow on her program went after the journal. The Wall Street Journal said, or Maddow said the Wall Street Journal tried to bury online an article featuring an interview that reporter Peter Nicholas did with Donald Trump on Wednesday with the president. So Maddow's saying that the journal was hiding the article. She's claiming that it was uh, hidden, spiked, if you will. Well, the Wall Street Journal had a response. The journal posted online today, here are the facts, Rachel Maddow. The story ran on the front page as the lead story in the print edition of the journal Thursday morning. Even as the Maddow show was airing, the article was highlighted on the WallStreetJournal.com's most popular articles. It was featured atop the editor-in-chief Matt Murray's daily newsletter, which goes out to 300,000 people. Reporter Peter Nicholas has even appeared on MSNBC. A Wall Street Journal reporter appeared at 3.07 p.m. Thursday for an interview that focused just on that article. So just a few hours before Maddow got out there to lie about it, the story was on top of the WallStreetJournal.com on Wednesday night. On the front page of the paper, was tweeted out to the 15.8 million followers and ran as the front page lead on top of the Wall Street Journal Thursday morning. That doesn't stop Rachel Maddow from telling her substantial audience of progressives that the Wall Street Journal was trying to bury this story online. Where's the truth? And you wonder why people get upset. You wonder why people stand up and say, gee, this 350 pages of 
of papers, of op-eds against the president, a coordinated attack, if you will. I think the president would weigh in on Rachel Maddow the same way the Wall Street Journal was, but they would give her the following uh, designation. You are fake news. I believe it. Right, Mr. President? You are fake news. Yes. Yes, you are. So you can do all you want with the truth, apparently, until you get called out by the facts, Rachel Maddow. I truly believe that is enemy of the people type stuff. When you take a story and purposely give bad information to the people, I think you are deserving of being called the enemy of the people and you are deserving of being called fake news. So, Ms. Maddow, I'm sorry, the truth has no agenda. I just get so upset with them. And I, I, I don't think there's any problem with calling them out on this. And now speaking of calling out, the Vatican finally responded to the report out of um, Pennsylvania that named 301 priests who had been allegedly abusing children for decades, over a thousand children. And while it is mostly boys, pretty much 90 plus percent boys, there were a few girls in there. But the Catholic League, and I'm a Catholic, so I can talk about my, my lack of appreciation for the Vatican stepping up. The Catholic League is responding to this. And the Catholic League is, is using language that I think is, is unbecoming of them. For example, earlier today, the Catholic League talked about this report and said the following in a public statement. It is interesting to note that the most rational, indeed hysterical reaction to the Pennsylvania grand jury report is coming from conservative Catholics. They are singularly incapable of making a cogent argument, so all they do is vent like little boys. They are a painful, pitiful lot. I'm sorry, Catholic League. I'm a Catholic. I'm a conservative. You don't get to tell me that I am pitiful. And I certainly don't think you have any room to be using the phrase little boys and saying you're acting like little boys. At the very core of this is thousands of young boys who had their innocence and the lives stolen from them by predators who were allowed to continue in in whatever capacity you could see them to be continuing just so you wouldn't lose the power of the church. There's a big difference between religion and faith and what these people were doing. I, I And the Vatican, you finally responded. It took you 48 hours to respond. It better be more than just a statement. I agree with what conservative editorialist Matt Walsh said. There has to be a painful painful house cleaning in the Catholic Church. And it better happen soon or they're going to be closing more and more because they're just not going to be able to financially survive. And this, again, from a Catholic and a conservative. Bad move, Catholic League. Michael Pelka in for Buck Sexton. I promise you, 
There is a big story in the New Mexico compound. We'll dig into it next on the Buck Sexton Show. Michael Pelka is my name. I'm here for my friend and my colleague, Buck Sexton, sitting in a Buck show this Friday night. I hope he had a great night. He'll be back Monday. I appreciate the opportunity to be here and hang out with this audience. Smart, clever, funny, and uh, tolerating some of my silliness. Uh, we talked earlier about Omarosa. I heard a prediction that we won't know about her after Monday. Wouldn't that be lovely? I think she's headed probably, probably to Britain as the Brits have signed Stormy Daniels to be on their Celebrity Big Brother edition, but she's grinding them for more money. And I'm thinking Omarosa smells money if they just dump Stormy Daniels and put Omarosa in the Celebrity Big Brother house. It'll happen. And as far as Omarosa's charge that the president used the N-word, I have to tell you, two reporters from very liberal outlets, uh, one guy, Yashir Ali from HuffPo, and another guy, Asawin Susbang from uh, The Daily Beast. Like I said, two liberal outlets. Both have been chasing that tape for almost two years. Since it was rumored to exist, they chased that tape and haven't been able to find it. Neither one of them. And trust me, if the Daily Beast or, uh, or HuffPo had anything close to that tape, it would have been all over the Internet by now. So, Omarosa, I, I ain't buying it. Now, the other thing to keep your eye on over the weekend, why is nobody covering the New Mexico compound? You had 11 children discovered starving from 1 to 15. Starving, no electricity, no running water, reportedly being trained to be school shooters. Reportedly. Why is nobody covering what's happened to the compound since the kids were taken into protective custody and the five adults who were responsible for those kids were arrested? And the judge who ordered a basically no bail release they haven't all been let out. One of them here illegally is in the hands of ICE right now. Thank God. The father of the three-year-old now found dead and confirmed under the compound in a tunnel. He's still under protective. He's under custody. And if they are released, I, I, I don't know why. We always hear the left screaming about the children, the children. We must protect the children. But now we're getting a report and NBC News, of all the places I've mocked NBC News for the last couple of weeks for how they've handled all of the, well, everything. Manafort to uh, the, the clearance of uh, the security credentials of John Brennan. I've mocked them, but they're one of the only ones really covering the New Mexico compound where we now learn that an RV that was there was taken away by authorities. And that they've basically bulldozed the area. They have destroyed it. And, and it looks like evidence may have been uh, compromised. There are stacks of ammunition that are still on the ground. There was a bulletproof vest 
next to piles of uncollected trash. That has to be important stuff. And we know that the the leader of this compound, I don't want to dignify the airwaves with his name, is the son of an unindicted co-conspirator for the 1993 bombing of the World Trade Center in New York City and a friend of Linda Sarsour. Do you need any more, any more proof that there's a connection here that needs to be explored? But why are we destroying the site? Why has the evidence been compromised? Why, why, why? Ask the question. Keep pressing. Keep the fight going. Michael Pelka in for my friend Buck Sexton. Happy to have been here. Thank you all. Find me. Find me. I'm on uh, iTunes. I'm on Twitter at StuntBrain. On iTunes at Pure Opelka. Till next time. Well, Buck will be here next time. Next time I'm here. Testudo, my friends. Testudo. Testudo.